Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding's Guild Podcast. Get this over with. Let's yeah, just get right into it. Let's just violate morality as All a right. whole. Where did that where did that phrase come from? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you start a Creeps Guild podcast. <laughs> you flatulent piece of shit. <laughs> Oh god! Okay, so you got enough saved up? (laughs) Not anymore. For for an opening performance, I just emptied the reserves. (laughs) Oh god! (laughs) Hello, Cretans. We we really are pod fixes, just fart and pony show, aren't we? (laughs) We (laughs) if we make it to one (laughs) hundred. Uh, I'm so uh, ashamed. So, I'm so ashamed, is, yet so proud. <laughs> this is episode 96 of the Cretans Guild podcast. Hi, Corey. Hi. What are you doing? Wait, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't uh, believe Jay's back. missing out on this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> we start off, and Corey is starting to, to lag a little bit. Hey, Corey, uh, jump out and jump back in as quickly as you can. I'll go ahead and read the intro. All right, so, yeah. Hi, okay. guys. Thanks Wait, for tuning back? in. Yes, I, I do I hear you. Yes. Okay. All right. No, it's a hardware thing. <laughs> okay. We oh, are a rousing dude. start here. We're st- like we're like an hour behind when we normally record. Well, what the pe- what the people aren't seeing was that uh, we were having a uh, a nested um, <laughs> a nested cavalcade <laughs> of hardware issues, stemming mostly from my end because of uh, Microsoft's uh, stellar attention to uh, hardware troubleshooting and whatever the fuck else. By I the will. way. If somebody is thinking about uh, hopping onto the uh, Surface Book Three train, do some research. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, well, let's go ahead and get this over with while we can. Right. <laughs> so okay. we are part of the Podfix Network. Go ahead, join them at PodfixNetwork.com. Yeah. Podfix so, like a motherfucker. Yep. And it's a uh, see you're farting in my heart. My computer's just farting out, and we've just got a whole entirely. Uh, anally explosive thing going on here. Um, This is the quality Patreon uh, content you get. You aren't making people pay for this, are you? Well, not for this. This is totally for free. All right, good. Because I I would have to, I would have to be, uh, I would have to congratulate you on a scam (laughs) well orchestrated. Um, Let me get through um, the intro. Let me me finish and then we yeah, get yeah. into everything. All right. Uh, So since we're talking about Podfix, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, our Podfix spotlight for this episode uh would be the old man orange podcast that's not talking about donald trump by the way it is talking about spencer scott holmes and ryan doglin are two independent video makers and animators talking about movies video games comics life and more you know new old and than we talk about (laughs) well that's narrows it down to everybody Uh uh-huh they also refer to new and old and somewhere in between i'm still reading their promo yeah (laughs) If it was ours, it would just be uh, old and somewhere in between oh, our ass Titty cheeks. fart, fart, poop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our cast in a nutshell. Degenerate beatboxing. Right yeah. there. <laughs> By fart, the way. Fart, poop. Did I watch this? 
All right. We've been carrying this for so long. Episode 96. We are nearing that magical number, episode 100. If you'd like to record a nice thing to say, or even better, a nasty thing to say, I don't know if it get any nastier than what we've done so far on this particular episode. You can also plug your own stuff, say your piece, and send it to cretansguild.com. Creensguild at gmail.com. I got to give the whole email. We don't have a .com yet. That was the whole purpose behind our Patreon, which we never really got enough support with. But we got got some support, so thank you, guys. Thank you. That's absolutely fine. And now we've made it through the less less, uh, scatological portion of the show. Yeah, Um, the part of the show we actually plan out. We can't even get through that without tripping over our own faces. Have you ever heard a show... That is is obsessed with the digestion, with the digest, God, with the digestive uh, functions as we are. That has nothing to do with cooking. I'm sure there's a German one out there somewhere. Yeah. Well. Okay. I don't think that's going to be about cooking, though. There's going to be a little bit of an overlap, I guess, between eating and whatever that podcast could allegedly be in my diseased mind uh, about. But um, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be cooking. Hans, would uh, you like another strudel? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is is that bigotry? Oh fuck it, whatever. Yes, just don't put it in my mouth this time, y'all. <laughs> I like to take the shortcut. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. All right. So, what have you been up to? Oh what, my God. what has what has your life been uh, been uh, bringing you through in the last week that we have talked? Since uh, talked? Aside from uh, the nonsense that's been going on with my office, that's just seems yeah. to be a never ending tailspin of depravity going on yeah. in there. Yeah, you just informed me of that before the show, though. But but you know, it's, it's all all broadcasting dynasties have to go through renovations and updates. Yeah, it's got hiccups every once in a while. Like earlier this year, I had uh, my house was struck mm-hmm. by a surge and fried a bunch of electronics in the house. And I came home uh, Sunday night and I heard a hissing sound coming from the walls. Like, is mm-hmm. there a speaker dying or something? Because I don't know what that sound is. Like, oh no. Please, please, please don't be a busted pipe in the wall. I went outside. I shut off water mm-hmm. to the house. I came back in and there was mm-hmm. no sound. Uh, and I was I was like, I hope it's a rattlesnake in the wall. I'll take that over a busted pipe any day. And nope, it was a pinhole see, leak in the in the master bath leading into see, I, uh, that's on the up the side of my office wall. I was about I was about to actually bring that up because that's one of that's that's one of your things. That's what makes your uh, emotional tapestry up. Is uh, is you're not so fond of snakes. Yeah, and I'd rather take a snake over a busted pipe. Yeah. You don't, wait. You <laughs> wait. Yes. Go back. <laughs> you know what? No, I think I'd rather take the snake over a busted <laughs> pipe. No, you fucking take the snake. <laughs> <laughs> And you're going to take it like a champ over having a busted pipe, which also... Oh, no, I'll be crying the whole I, way. Need I point that out, is just as much of a double entendre as it is for you to take a snake. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, see, that's, a, that's a weird thing. You never really you never really encounter that sort of discussion uh, that much in a casual setting, like at work or wherever, about like, about like uh, fears and whatnot. Because I don't think it's been mentioned once that... Um, I mean, why... Well, I don't think we've actually talked about this like anytime recently, but snakes is like one of your most uh, deeply embedded fears, right? What or a phobia? Oh yeah, it's it's not really a secret either. I I see a snake and I 
panic or I freeze first. And then once it starts moving, I jump straight up in the air. Yeah. I can't yeah. handle I don't know what's something about snakes, the way they slither, just get me the fuck out of here. It's not natural. I don't want to be anywhere around it. Yeah, it's just, well, most of the time you don't even have to have like a reason. I mean, uh, most snakes I'm not really afraid of, but yeah, having lived in Florida for as long as you know we have, if you see one that looks even kind of close to a coral snake, well, you're not going to fucking hug it. <laughs> uh, you're certainly not going to tug it because that's not going to feel good at all. Um, the, the snake? The snake, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's out of fear. We're still um, keeping it classy, folks. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but snakes actually snakes actually don't bother me a whole lot and i find like a fair like cross section of them kind of like weirdly cute so i'm not going to try to like hmm. I, i'm not going to try to like sell you on the whole um acceptability of uh, snakes as like either aesthetically or tactilely pleasing or what tactically pleasing well, but um but most most fears you can't really uh overanalyze or even dissect most of them are just felt you know yeah uh, for a while i was starting to like get over it i find a snake in the backyard i grab a shovel and i kill it i still shake and mm-hmm. ha- like have the body shivers and everything but yeah, especially yeah. how its tails wrapping around the sh- the shovel handles like god get it. it's dead don't worry it's yeah. dead yeah your but, shit gets triggered that's like a very deeply embedded thing yeah uh i think what super imposed the, the fear even more was about a year and a half, two to three years ago, somewhere in that time frame, I get up in the morning to go to work mm-hmm. and I have my pants laid out like on the floor right next to the dresser or whatever. I pick them up mm-hmm. and I hear something fall out and then start making some kind of noise. A susurration, if you will. Yeah. A mm-hmm. snake had gone in the house and was in my pant leg. Huh? Yeah. I don't know how. Uh, I, I was terrified. I jumped did, straight up in the air. I yelled at Alicia, there's a snake in my pants. All right. And I, and I swear to God, I think she w- thought I was trying to like solicit her for sex. She's like, I'm not interested right now. <laughs> and you want to know how much of a badass she is, is once she figured out what I was talking about, uh-huh. she grabbed the sandal that was over by the door and smashed it on the head <laughs> God. and carried it out with toilet paper. Because that was the alternative she would have preferred. <laughs> I can't blame her. Well, did you? Okay. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I want to know now. Are, are you sure it? Uh, well, for one thing, did you uh, did you check your ten gallon hat and boots? Oh, um, they were full. <laughs> secondly, okay, did you make sure that there were no like uh, campfires up on a high uh, up on a cliffside near the house? Did, did Gabby make off with the gold? Bob, you live in a fucking house. I know that Florida's got problems. How on earth did a snake get in your house and into your pants? If I knew how it got in the house, I would have plugged up that hole and then walled it off and bricked it over. Uh huh. All right. All right. So it never happened again because snakes have got into this house twice. All right. I'm just. Was Elisha Cook there? Was anybody <laughs> whistling? What the hell, dude? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're shooting a Britney Spears commercial next door. I don't know. <laughs> Jake, was Jake the Snake going to shoot on you in the living room? <laughs> That's fucking bonkers. It was a really, really, really tiny, like, I think they're called racers. Uh-huh. The black but racer. It, it was, but it was, like, kind of multicolored, but it, it still was, like, the non-poisonous variety. We looked it up later. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was... I've seen them once outside, and I see why they're called racers, because when they see you, they 
take off like a, yeah they took off like a freaking bullet yeah and that's what this yeah. one was trying to do but i guess it was it hadn't had sun for a number of hours so it was exhausted uh, uh, yep 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 first in the night <laughs> for the first one really shit I better step things up. Um, that's that's all. That's one of those uniquely Floridian experiences. Is going out into the backyard, picking up twigs, maybe getting a little edging done, and then all of a sudden a snakehead flies out from between the blades of the edge. Is like, oh, that's my one for the week. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a snake story. No, actually, I've got a couple of them. But um, no, save it to the, your best one. The best one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the best one uh, would have to have been. I get the feeling we've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, I hope I, ha- I hope we haven't because you know one more territory is not you know is not optimal. But um, uh, this was this was a time um, uh, we we're all latchkey kids growing up, I believe, right? Pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, well, this was when I was coming home from uh, from school, you know, North Fort Myers, where I met you guys, and um, going through the uh, the back porch, we have this uh, we have this the, the way the house is laid out is that we have two entrances from the front and the back because our property was actually sat on like a, a one acre wide median in the middle of uh, you know some prefab uh, prefab suburbs right um, so uh, on the uh, on egg on entrance number two there is the patio which goes you know around the pool and uh, whatnot and we kept the barbecue out there barbecue temporary housing for where we kept the keys the keys were kept inside of a little tupperware bowl and tupperware is stuff that we shoved all of our hopes and dreams into back in the early 90s before we became adults because we're fucking old mm-hmm. um so uh you know, i got home put my back backpack down close the door it's nice and sunny outside screened in porch cake and i opened up the uh, the barbecue lid it's huge friggin like black dreadnought and I reach over for the Tupperware uh, thing, not even looking inside of it really, and then I hear I hear this, <laughs> and I look down, and my hands hovering over the orange, the lid of the orange uh, Tupperware uh, Tupperware container, right underneath my arm, is a fucking is a fucking Diamondback. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's 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 kind of like not, it's, not re- it's not really rattling, so it's not rearing up or anything. I you I could just I heard it move around a little bit, and the rattle moved with it, you know. But I see it just kind of coiled down there, kind of chilling, and I'm stuck there. With my right hand holding up this lid, my left hand hovering over this Tupperware container, mm-hmm. absolutely petrified and indecision. And I swear to God, it was like two hours and ten minutes that I was standing there, but it wasn't. It was like one second mm-hmm. of me trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Well, <laughs> at some point, the idea of moving my arm slowly away from the Tupperware container and then slowly lowering the lid seemed feasible <laughs> enough to pull off. So I went ahead and did that. And then I left and I called my parents and I'm like, all right, I got a story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Which of your parents did you call first? I called my mom. My dad could be first. I mean, well, he's 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 he was usually on call and out and about Fort Myers. He was he was the air conditioning king of Lee County, and he had a lot of shit to do. So right, his right, responsibilities right. were many. I would I would have um, loved to hear his response if you called him first. He was amazed. Like I've never seen him wrapped in anything I ever had to say as much as he was that day when we, when me and my mom were telling him what was going on, because my mom had to come home. Well, she didn't have to come home, but um, 
She called Animal Control, uh, gave her our address. By the time Animal Control came over, I'd already hung out over at my friend Mark's house for like an hour or so. And uh, we got back home, and uh, Animal Control was there, and she was there. And she looked at me like, are you shitting me? Like, she looked right at me, like I, like I, like I was somehow, like, violating... Like, I was somehow violating, like, a metric shit ton of lottery luck, having survived that situation, you know? And that I like I like cashed in all of my good days on that one day, <laughs> in that one second. And she's looking at the snake like, where the fuck did one of these even come from out here? Because it looked like a typical like like an animal that you would see wrangled off of off of the off of the set of a western. It was every bit the prototypical like <laughs> like somebody like, flying fuck. from Arizona dropped yeah. it out of a plane. Yeah, it it was it, it was a stereotypical poison hose. And this guy is just like he got he's got it in one of those really long pitchforks just holding it up. Another guy's putting <laughs> a net underneath it. Yeah, whatever the fuck those things are called. No, I know the, and, the, the snake pole things with the curve. Yeah. And one of the guys was just like, Yeah, now that's a snake. <laughs> and I was like, Thank you, Mr. Florida. <laughs> I was gonna say, was this the crocodile hunter? <laughs> yeah. I look forward to hearing more stories about you and seeing many of your future headlines in perpetuity um so yeah that was my big ass snake story and then we told my dad later on and he was like he had a he had a chuckle at that <laughs> uh fuck yeah so after that i should have been like deathly afraid of snakes but i'm not my fears are like way weirder than anything than anything you know kind of reasonable like that yeah I, I know one of your big fears that i find a little odd i don't i'm not sure if you want me to to share it oh yeah yeah throw it out there black holes yeah the black hole phobia right I don't know where that came from. Uh, I think. Um, <laughs> Did you have a bad experience with a black hole? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 the weird, it's the wildest shit. I was like driving up the beach line one day, and all of a sudden, a black hole opened up <laughs> right in the middle of the road, and then you know, I just got sucked in, and then displaced geographically and chronologically somewhere around the Earth. Just so happened because my life, my luck sucks. I was displaced in Sanford. In about two minutes from that point. No, uh, um, I thought you were about to say Claremont. Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Claremont has that pretty sweet British eatery. I don't know. So it would have made out. I I think it might have stemmed from one of my first experiences. Hey, we get to keep this relevant to your um, uh, to Cretan Skill topics here, or at least your channel's topicality. Uh, one of my first experiences at a theme park was going to Disney and my parents like strong arming me onto Space Mountain because oh my god you're going to fucking ah. love Space Mountain and you know because oh, it's like soft oh, roller coaster oh okay the it, wheels it, it are should... starting to turn I know where this yeah. is going yeah and it was like it was like absolutely terrifying to me because even at that age I knew that there was something innately unnatural about like ricocheting all over uh, an enclosed space that you can't see all that well in mm -hmm. I mean given the alternative we've all seen Space Mountain with the lights on, so... And that's scarier. Yeah, it's not like you're winning in any of those situations. If you walk into Space Mountain, abandon all hope when, when you're a child. That's the <laughs> point. Um, so we got in we got in the car, and they're loud as balls. Even in, like, 1988, they're like... <laughs> you know, a bunch of go grocery carts just <laughs> fucking getting mauled by a F Ford F-150. <laughs> In a, like in, a, in a maze of cargo containers. And um, <laughs> seriously, Space Mountain sounds like the entire mountain is just a tin bucket. And somebody <laughs> threw a bunch of fucking Coke tabs in there. <laughs> it doesn't sound cohesive or very safe. No, well, 
and I'm not I was always I wasn't one of the smartest kids uh, I don't think I'm still one of the smartest kids but even I knew that at that point that ride was on borrowed time so in terms of texture the fear was already well set now what happens next is that my dad likes to make a show out of like getting me hyped around stuff and whatnot so like uh, one instance I can remember of him like taking me on the riding mower he's like Woo-hoo! you know like he's busting Broncos with it and um I had like a McDonald's toy uh, that blew out into the yard somehow. I think I left it on a park bench that was in front of the house. <coughs> and I'm like screaming my ass off, Dad, there's a thing in there. And he keeps going, yeah, that's right. Woo-hoo. Well, he was doing that on Space Mountain because he was oh, about he, to He was in full Earnhardt mode. Yeah, he was oh, completely. <laughs> like uh, like he knew he knew that the uh, seatbelt was loose, but he didn't care. <laughs> um Oh, the reason he was excited at that in that situation was because he uh, he was about to run over the McDonald's toy, and he took great joy in that for some weird reason. <laughs> so he was doing that on Space Mountain, just whooping and hollering, and we're taking you know some pretty tame turkey legs. I realized at that point, and then we go into like the um, the black hole bit that I think is one of the uh, mid ride inclines, where it's the red lights and it's going right, 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 and we get up to the top there. And we see the giant spinning facsimile of the Milky Way that's projected onto the top of Space Mountain. And my dad goes and points up and says, Look, we're heading towards a black hole! But by that point, younger me has quite a bit enough of this fucking ride. So, <laughs> so as soon as we hit the top of the crest, like, trauma sets in. Boom. And symbolically, the only thing I can associate with that moment is that, is that projection of the Milky Way galaxy that I have come to know as the black hole because of my dad's <laughs> lack of astronomical knowledge. <laughs> so the rest of the ride, I don't really remember because I wasn't out. interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got off crying. I'm just done. My face is damp and my t-shirts, you know, cold because it's covered in liquid. <laughs> um, and I didn't go on Space Mountain again until maybe, I think maybe the first time I went with you in high school so that must have been a number like maybe even 10 years later that might have been the last time i've been on it because was that because the last time i went on space mountain the lights came on at Mm -hmm. some part i don't know if you were with me or not but i have not been on since i I i've never seen space mountain with the lights on from within the ride i've only Mm. seen it on the people mover and that's quite enough thank you very much yeah oh yeah, yeah that's all you need yeah, uh, it looks it looks like it looks like a Volkswagen that's gotten caught in a head-on collision with <laughs> at least four semi-tractor trailers all at it, once. It, it looks like a Studebaker has been stripped down. It looks like the Terminator is trying to bend over and suck itself off. Just a very large version of the Terminator, <laughs> a very large perverted version of the Terminator. Okay. And either way, in either case. In any of those cases, none of those visuals is all that inviting to me. So, like, whenever I, yeah. you know, do get on Space Mountain, I kind of like hunch over, like, reflexively. Do you ever? Did you? Did you used to do that? I was, and I didn't really know, like, instinctively why I was doing that. And then when uh-huh. the lights went on, I realized how close. I mean, obviously, the the, the beams you go under, there's uh-huh. enough space for you to pass under. But with the lights on, you could see how close they are and they're still a good distance away but they feel like they're just right on top of your head there's a reason it's such a breezy ride it's not because there's like 
a lot of air conditioning being piped into that structure or anything. It's because you're passing by galvanized fucking steel at 20 <laughs> miles an hour, and it's like maybe yeah. two and a half feet away from your from your dumbass tourist face. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're inviting that sort of risk onto that ride, and every time you hear and your hair blows back you're recognizing that for yourself yeah i don't know that's that that's probably what's killed it for me on that ride out yeah now as adults as adults we tend to think of that risk in like heavier terms but even i I, like i took my nephew on it a couple years ago and that was the first time he was on and he was like oh man that was cool i'm never doing that again (laughs) (laughs) smart kid we we just we walked out of it alive and you know what i'm appreciative I'm uh, I'm glad we decided to look uh, Hades in the mouth at least once in my life. And you know what? I've never taken any risks ever again for as long as I shall live. And he's like 18. No, he was like 14 at the time. Anyway, it's it's a very well death trap. And, and we nobody really thinks about it because it's on Disney property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a reason that people always gravitate towards Thunder Mountain first. It's because, all right, we got to get ourselves emotionally steeled for something that we know is not dangerous well i mean it's fun to begin with well yeah it's just a better ride honestly but yeah um, in, in every shape uh you went um you went on the mining cart ride right oh yeah I, I know you didn't have a pleasant experience but I, i've been on it twice and i've been okay yeah yeah that was uh i think that might have been the last time eli went to disney because or my nephew went to disney because it was first the space mountain and he made it through that experience fairly unscathed, if a little bit, you know, hesitant to try do it, try anything ever again. And then he went on the minecart right afterwards, which delivered on Space Mountain's promises and just beat the living shit out of him. Hmm. Yeah. Fun times at the House of Mouse. Well, speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't do segues here. We yeah, don't do them well. <laughs> Fuck no, that's for professionals. Come yeah. on, we, we we live a little bit harder here. Space Mountain. What's that? Oh, you got here, let me see this. Someone's talking to you. Yeah, oh, she's hi, Mary. um, she's eating she's up bragging. our time. How dare you eat up our time? Suck it up, a buttercup. No, I heard it quite clear. <laughs> she said, without twisting a mustache or doffing a bowler hat. All right, she's trying to show off her uh, lack of. Uh... Yeah, that's really light. And then this is the pen that uh, Microsoft tries to sell you with the, with the micro- with the uh, Surface Book Three. And she was, she was telling me earlier how this one doesn't seem to work, and it just kind of like hugs the side oh of the monitor, God. and then like a light breeze will take it off. For those of you listening to the audio podcast, Corey's holding a pair of pens. Yeah, I know. This is scintillating radio, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm also not editing, so <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, it's Taquito uh, Monday. It's not even alliterative. You couldn't wait for Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Wait, that's that's true. Yeah. Just remember, you In could Japan, turn into a gremlin Wednesday. Uh, oh my God. Hey, what if? Hold on a second. Hey, has like, okay, not to, not to de-nerd or derail. <laughs> Too late. Okay, yes, I'm, I'm derailing. Fucking whatever. You bought the ticket. Um, okay, so Gremlins. Uh, well, Magway turned into Gremlins after midnight, right? Or after they have snacks at. Midnight. Okay. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm pretty sure that some like other more well-known nerd uh, uh, entity has like gone over this, but mm-hmm. 
have there ever has there ever been a question of like uh, time zones or medians? There has not, but I think the the best uh, explanation I've ever heard was the Mogwai's body recognizes the equinox of the sun on the opposite side of the planet. Therefore, that triggers as midnight. But the confusing part is, when is it okay to eat after midnight? Because technically, every time is after midnight. Even even eleven fifty nine. It's about twenty well, well twenty three hours and fifty nine minutes after midnight. Well, yeah, but you can't eat after midnight. When does that restriction lift? Like six o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock, noon. Yeah, yeah, it's not like Animal Crossing where, like, at, uh, at 5 a.m., all of a sudden everything just kind of resets. It's not like Mogwai. Well, A, like, it's not like Mogwais are real. <laughs> B. <laughs> Only when you can have this kind of argument. <laughs> I mean, French Bulldogs are real. They're kind of like Mogwai. I'm not feeding them after midnight either. Um, wait till sunrise wait till sunrise yeah it's not like it's not like it's ever been explicitly stated that their genealogy can recognize like a lack of um well what doesn't make sense is the 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 first two rules are very crystal clear and very straight cut don't get them wet yeah and don't and don't expose them to light okay well like that one's a little vague too like what kind are we talking white light black light it low light highlight I think it's natural sunlight. And I think if you think about it in terms of... Uh, remember, he was even huh. so sensitive to natural uh, artificial light. Oh, he was? Oh, well, that movie was so well lit. I never would have thought about that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was. That's one of the it, better things about that movie. Um, uh, so, okay. Uh, the, first first of all, the getting them wet, that's that's got to be bullshit. Otherwise, that would be the smelliest fucking thing in that whole house. And that kid would have gotten rid of it like the second it came out of the box. Because as soon as, as soon as it opens up, it's like, ah, Mogwai! I would have been, God damn it, Dad. <laughs> now, what did oh. you, what did, what's in this wrapping? Just a bunch of used odor eaters. Jesus. Okay, so here's a question. Like, what if a Mogwai is being shipped through the mail? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't question that part. <laughs> but... As the USPS normally does, they usually uh-huh. damage some of their parcels. Let's say <laughs> some water got into, some water damage got into there and got on the Mogway. <laughs> does does he just constantly reproduce to the point where all the Mogway inside the box are now squished? Oh, that's disgusting. And therefore I- their blood, which is now spouring out, is you know, uh-huh. getting on other Mogway, so they just keep multiplying due to the blood. Okay, an argument. See, an argument can't be made for the feasibility of not getting them wet. I know they only say wet, but he spills water on Gizmo, or Gizmo like falls in the falls in a fountain or some silly thing, and then a bunch of you know, boop, 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 but a bunch of other mm-hmm. mogwais come out. I Which mean, you can looks say like that, a like, totally pain, like a hundred percent painful situation he went through. Yeah, because like, are they? Do they just gestate in a matter of microsecond? Well, okay. Are they considered offspring? See, the thing is, I believe they are, which is why they're always trying to kill Gizmo because, you know, children hate their parents. But um, the thing huh. is, I believe that the feasibility of not getting them wet, if you if you explicitly say what they're not supposed to, what's what they're not supposed to come in contact with, that can apply because you could be, all right, H2O. This compound itself might have this adverse chemical reaction to mogwais. Okay, well, why that specific chemical compound? 
Well, it's most abundant on Earth. But if what if you smoke beer on it? I don't. I don't think beer would work. I think they'd get drunk. I mean, Gremlins were drinking beer like crazy in the second movie, weren't they? They were like getting all high and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, martinis, whatever. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't remember that much about that stec- about that second movie. Um, sorry. What? Oh, okay. Well, and th- thinking in terms of like um, of Mogwai's being asexual, not reproducing, you know, in the fun way. For you furries out there, you're welcome. I never, I never saw any dangly parts on Mogwai there. Oh, yeah, right. And I wouldn't want to either because you wouldn't want to buy the plushes if you did. There's our um, thumbnail. <laughs> uh, this, this is how you know we're cooking with gas. Uh, Mogwai dicks. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Gizmo, right. you're a tripod. Okay, in order for Mogwai to keep reproducing, something would have to act as an actuator. So, not to be, you know, John Voight National Treasure, uh, water, I guess, a reproductive reagent. It's all over the place, but it's not so ubiquitous that, you know, unless you live in Florida, you're not going to be, you know, walking down the Mogwai trail to go get oh, some Snickers or something and trip into a puddle accidentally. Oh, and all of a sudden, what? Good point. Huh. Florida, all the freaking humidity in the air. Does that eh, count? I think it still has to be concentrated. Because if you think about Floridian humidity, most of it stems from the fact that we are surrounded on all... Well, that Florida is surrounded on all sides by ocean, which also contains saline compounds. Um, and I don't... Yeah, would, sal- would salt water work on a Mogwai? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think it would. I don't think it would. I think it does have to be like not purified water because it's not like they're only going to be getting off to Evian or anything. <laughs> but it has to be, has to be, has to be water enough in order for it to work. You know how? You know how? You, okay. So, you know how you can have a beer, and a particular type of beer will get you uh, buzzed in a in an appreciably brief amount of time, and then some beer takes longer. Yeah, the alcohol then, content. Yeah, and then there's fucking O'Doul's, which is still technically beer. It's just not alcoholic. Right. Saltwater could be the O'Doul's to the Mogwai's <laughs> genetic makeup. I, I don't fucking know. This is an unbelievable conversation. <laughs> anyway, so that's how I think... I, I love how we spent 10 minutes on it, too. No, hey, it works. Um, it works, and, you know, it's our show, so, you know, fucking what she said, suck it up. Um <laughs> So that's how I think water could. Water has some, you know, plausibility about it. Uh, the sunlight thing, I guess, because there's nocturnal and diurnal. I'm sorry, uh, just nocturnal animals. Uh, yeah, bats, whatever. And, and I, and I, I read somewhere that that is why they look explicitly bat-like, because uh, that was supposed to be a reference to possible okay. evolutionary you know, I chain. would, I would buy that. Not eating, not eating after midnight though. Uh, mm, uh, time is a man-made concept. A, B. <laughs> I think I think if they explained it away as being a little bit more uh, having to do with the whole sunlight factor of their uh, their genetic vulnerabilities, then it mm-hmm. might make sense. If they couldn't eat when the sun was out, it would cause some sort of like a weird chemical chain reaction. But after midnight, that's some straight up fairy tale bullshit right there. <clears throat> As opposed to everything else in the movie that I have just like bent over backwards trying to explain. <laughs> it's a Christmas classic. <laughs> it is. It, it technically is. I like the second one much better than the first one, though. 
I don't know why. A lot of people like felt like the second one was uh, relying too heavily heavily on like gimmickry and shit. Mm-hmm. But the second one also has the most memorable scenes. The first the 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 scenes from the first movie, there's two of them that I remember the most are uh, the old lady getting flung out of the house on her uh, on her yes. chair, which is badass. I mean, they should have made a they should have made a ride out of that to, to be honest with you. Like back in the day, it would have been like a like like uh I don't know. I'm trying to think of another phrase for safe bet, but fuck it, whatever. I would have been great. <laughs> it would have been a very short ride, though, and that's probably why they didn't do it. Um, but the other, uh, the other scene is at the end when uh, Spike, or he was Spike in the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, is when Spike is uh, melting in the daylight in the fountain, oh. and then in this little skeleton pops out. Yeah. That was the only scary movie in the in, whole, in, in the entire movie. It was the only scary moment in the entire movie, and that one made me, like, you know, had to go pee-pee. So <laughs> there's a couple jump scenes. scares in the kitchen scene. I guess I don't know. I kind of I mean I'd seen Poltergeist by that point. Oh, Kitchens okay. were not going <laughs> to trump anything that you saw in that. Is <laughs> without going into hard R territory. But um, afterwards, uh, you had Gremlins too, and I remember like so many more scenes from that. I remember uh, Christopher Lee torturing Gizmo. <laughs> I remember uh, the uh, twin scientist that created like a rubberized tomato because I was like, oh man, I want a rubber tomato. Um, there was uh, there was the smart gremlin. You remember him? I suppose everybody would. Uh, there was the gremlin with tits. There was uh, the fact that um, Daniel... Oddly enough, that part of the movie isn't what <laughs> lost me. <laughs> yeah, it was the cross-dressing gremlin. No, I, I, I was, I was still on board at that point because oh, you were like, still oh, there. Yeah, because it's like hey, oh, it's, it's, it's a cartoon yeah. movie basically. I, the, the two, the two parts about the sequel that I didn't like the most were um, the reintroduction of the neighbor. I forget the character's name, but Dick Miller. It was. Um... Damn it! I, I never remember his character's names. He's just Dick Miller to me. Yeah, yeah. But in the first movie. He had like a tractor oh, bust down his. Yeah, he <laughs> he had a tractor bust down his wall, and uh-huh. the last we see of him is a shot of him and his wife yelling as this thing is getting closer and closer, impending yeah. that uh, they didn't survive that, and then he just shows up in the sequel in New York City for some reason. I, okay, straight that, up, it's it's Dick Miller. Yeah, <laughs> what we're going to assume about that scene is that after him and his wife scream at the tractor, Dick just. Stops screaming, says, "Wait a minute, I'm Dick fucking Miller." In a <laughs> in a somewhat inconvenient uh, realization of his own uh, of, of his own capacity as a Dick Miller. And then I'm Dick Miller. The- They're going to clone my DNA and create Rob Riggle one day. He just that's that's exactly right. Except a much worse looking version of Dick Miller. Um, and then he just spontaneously thrusts both forearms out into the grill of the tractor, just like, boom, like this. Tractor stops, spins up off of his back heels, and Dick Miller uses that opportunity to plant a firm boot right in the grill of that thing and send it like two acres that way. He recreated that famous Superman cover. He recreated, yes, he fucking did. He just lifted that thing up and punted it across the neighborhood because he'd had enough of these gremlins, and by God, he wasn't going to let a wayward tractor ruin okay. his Christmas. Okay, I'll, I'll let that go then. But the, the the other part of the sequel that just completely turned me off was like, okay, I'm, I was invested up to a certain point, but the Hulk Hogan scene when that happened was like, uh. <laughs> 
And this at this, I don't know how old I was. I was still within that Hulk Hogan uh, age demographic at that time. But it, it's still when that happens, like, really? Really? That, that was, yeah, that was dumb. But <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb, but I fucking loved it. That was um that was after Joe Dante started making like serious coin for what for the movies he was making, which sadly still isn't the case nowadays. But <laughs> I think by that point people were like, okay, well here's like here here's like here's like the friendlier John Carpenter that we the PG thirteen uh, vending side of Hollywood were looking for, and uh, he made it he made a killing with Gremlins because nobody had ever seen anything like that since then. You know, it's a you know callback to. Uh, 50s era creature features, but with modern day uh, special effects technology, and big name actors like Zach um, <laughs> <laughs> and Dick Miller. But, and Dick uh, Miller. but it banked, you know, and so did his other movies. Like, uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure if the Burbs was like, I'm not sure if the Burbs was like a uh, like like a weekend killer or anything like that. But I don't think it was. They let him have the run of the place with Gremlins 2. Here's the thing a lot of people don't know about Joe Dante until they see like more than three of his movies. The dude loves him some Warner Brothers. He's like hardcore yeah. about old Warner Brothers cartoons. And if you ever saw his segment in the Twilight Zone movie, you, that you know, the light would go off immediately when watching Gremlins 2. You're like, oh shit, this guy's getting his nut off. Oh, oh did and he then, do the, the kid segment of the Twilight Zone? He did the kids segment of the Twilight Zone, ah. and that was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because before he started uh, getting back into like doing um, the same sort of kid-friendly horror uh, movies for streaming services, his last big budget film was Looney Tunes Back in Action, which is why it kicked ass because it was Joe Dante. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some filmmaking trivia for you there. How the fuck did we get on the Gremlins though? I, I don't know. For the last uh, close to twenty minutes, we've been talking about uh, continuity errors in in uh, Gremlins and Mogwai Dick. So how about we talk about some TV? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I think it was we were talking about Disney. Oh, fucking right. Loki, you know what? Loki you know what? Done. Huh. I, I really want to cover something that dropped today. I, I really want to cover that first, and if we have time, we'll go back to the other one. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Do it. Oh, that's fine. Um, so as of this recording earlier this morning, it, it's funny how last night I put the pitch out to you and Jay. It's like, hey, you guys, uh, you you, you want to record? I, I don't care. Jay was like, I'm, I'm a little busy. And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll just chit chat, mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. then this goddamn morning, mm-hmm. trailer dropped for something that starts in September on Disney Plus, And I watched it probably six, seven, eight, nine. I just kept watching it over and over and over again. Star Wars Visions looks like it's going to be the very best Star Wars series ever made, in my opinion. Uh, according to a lot of people, that's not a high hurdle to jump. But there's also Jendi Tartoski's uh, Clones War- Clone Wars stuff or Clones yeah. Rebels. Well, no, the, yeah, the, the 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 Star Wars TV shows have been really good. Bad right. Batch, Rebels, Clone Wars; those have all been great, great series. Right. right. This but one they're, looks they're, like it. Yeah, but they're not typical. Uh, they're not traditional animation. They've always been three D, except for when uh, Tartakovsky did his series, like way back in the day. And I'm yeah, the, the mini series. Trying to remember what the name of it was, but it, it was it was Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. But it was Clone um, Wars the miniseries, not the regular series. And that prefaced what eventually became the ongoing. Yeah. There we right. go. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I watched it twice just because, uh, well, I saw Trigger and. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm probably going to watch those two episodes, if anything. But I'm, it's likely that I'm going to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be nine episodes. I'm looking at my notes. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, nine episodes. Trigger does... Two episodes. Uh, episodes, let's see. One, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. And then uh, some of these other studios, I didn't really recognize their name, but when I looked at some of their work, it was like, oh, they did that show. Oh, they did that show. Production so, IG was the big one. I was kind of astounded by that. I mean, it's not like they would say no, <laughs> because in addition to their <laughs> own shows, they also provide production and animation services for other people. So why the fuck mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Um, it's just that, like production IG is tied to like so many like like monoliths of anime uh flcl is a big one of theirs um uh let me see uh i believe they I, did uh, they did animation services on um magical shopping arcade both of those were you know gain acts but still um they were, they yeah. were more or less like partner productions i, I um, went through their their list and oh that's right they did east of eden they did East of Eden. God, I still I still come across like like hardcore anime people that are like, "What's East of Eden?" Fucking, you don't know. Well, go oh you animation. didn't know. Oh you didn't know. Well, nerd it up. Watch some anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did a lot, a lot of really good stuff. They did a lot of Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. I guess their TV movies are OV OVAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. They did a. They did Batman Gotham Knight. Yeah, Gotham Knight was kind of like uh, wow. this. This the big Batman Gotham Knight was kind of like a. Oh, it was like a guest produced episode. It was like Star Wars Visions, but for Batman. It came out in the middle, uh, the mid two thousands. Oh. Yeah, so it was a bunch of different ones. Uh, oh yeah, they did episode two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might need to check that out. I haven't seen that series. Yeah, I'll too. And I do believe it is on HBO Max because we're just whoring ourselves out by now. Um, the, the ones that I the ones that I did not know about or recognize were uh, a couple of them. Shamed me to say this. Like Science Saru was a new one to me. Um, Gino Studio I had not heard of. Gino Studio and Studio Colorado are like offset minor partners with twin engine studio um okay all right all right all right, all right. uh so and, animation production company twin engine and they yeah. have done twin engine oh, saga. saga yeah okay all right i was like that sounds vaguely familiar holy crap and oh, there's a little bit of catching was... up to, to, to get done there do roll oh, yeah. roll uh, Science Saru. I remember I looked them up, and what what was the big name they did that I really liked? Ah, Twin Engine are relatively new, also. Uh, yeah, they started in looks like 2014 was their first thing. They did uh, Space Dandy, uh, Japan Sinks. That was that came out last year. You did see Space Dandy, right? I want to say I did. I think I did. That was if not, I'll go check it out. It is. Uh, it. I don't think. I don't think this is official uh, because it was not animated by the same studio. But it takes place in the. Uh, it is adjacent to the Cowboy Bebop universe. Oh. Uh, because it is a Shinichi. Well, okay. uh, it's a Shinichiro Watanabe thing. He directed. Uh, he directed the series, and uh, the currency uh, that is referred to in the show or throughout the show is Wulongs, which hmm. you know. Uh, was something that the uh, good crew of the Bebop could never get uh, get a hold of too much. <laughs> um, 
the hell? There was a Space Dandy video game that came out. Oh, it's cute. Science Roo <laughs> also did a show called, um, was this a show? Oh, it was a feature film uh, called Ride Your Wave. That has really, really high marks. I need to check that out. Oh, damn. I Do you ever get like slightly ashamed when you haven't heard of something that's generally regarded as being like uh as well generally well regarded i guess is uh, how i should put it not asshole. not real i mean in in some situations like at work the other day i had everybody around me talking about shit's creek it's like mm-hmm. oh it's so good it's so great it's so great i've never seen a single episode that's a weird one yeah uh somebody somebody that i worked with started talking to me about that like last year and i thought it was a new i thought it was just something that dropped on netflix like very recently and it had actually been on like fx since around 2011 or so mm-hmm. it's been around for a long time and suddenly it just kind of got traction even though it was on for about six seasons yeah uh, some, some of those shows i'm all a bit i'm a little late to the party like uh letter kenny i didn't Start, what are they on season seven? I think I started watching season five. Yeah, yeah, but they were on Canadian television for about seventy-five percent <laughs> of its runtime, and they just got picked up in twenty eighteen by um, twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen by Hulu. You're forgiven there. Okay. Um, Shit's Creek, I believe. Oh, okay. I actually started on. Uh, it actually started on twenty in twenty fifteen, and it just wrapped up in twenty twenty, but didn't start getting any traffic until Netflix had picked it up for streaming. So that's a bummer because you always, you always, well, you sometimes hear about like Netflix um, uh, resurrection stories like that or successful ones like Mm -hmm. what happened with Arrested Development, uh, you know, this many years after the fact. And then you see some like really obscure, like just total gems of television or at least totally noteworthy experiments of television like uh, Better Off Ted and uh, or um, what was the one that Kristen Ritter was in? that James Vanderby James Vanderby played himself in, but he was a regular character. Um, Don't trust the bitch in Apartment Twenty Three. That was it. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and those two were really cool. It's just that Netflix was able to get a hold of them because they were canceled after like two seasons, and nobody really gave a shit. Better Off Ted was like legit good. I, I think the other one was more or less a case of me finding it like unique and odd, and that's why I liked it. But Better Off Ted was fucking nuts. Um, it was. It was a laugh trackless sitcom, kind of like um, how Sledgehammer was supposed to be, about a guy who was an ad exec who worked for one of the most unscrupulous uh, science and research companies in the world, almost like supervillain, uh, supervillain esque in its in their scope, uh, uh-huh. in the scope of their research in, in their projects. And a lot of its humor stemmed from like uh, very odd situations having to do with mild body horror and stuff. <laughs> It was just a really cool show and really odd and funny. Uh, and uh, I, it didn't even stay on Netflix for that long. I think it was around for like maybe three years before somebody was like, wow, this is kind of sucking up our airwaves even after the fact. All right, later. Um, but yeah, Shit's Creek is one of those. And uh, today that was the one uh, that you sent me uh, in Slack. The, uh, oh. <laughs> the, uh, okay, that the, was... The youth- that was just something I came across. Was like, okay, this is this is too, yeah, out there to not share with Corey. Yeah, uh, a, U- a YouTube a YouTube clip uh, delicately entitled "My Ass Is Destroyed." <laughs> and what the scene had uh, what the scene had illustrated was three schoolgirls guessing 
playing a board game, one of the board game spaces, one of the hazard spaces was you had to let your two friends smack you on the ass at the same time. I don't know the presence. Of it's, usually a, it's usually a setup for something else. But this is slice of life anime. And so you knew it was going to be comedy. What I didn't know... <laughs> what I didn't know... <laughs> what you're in store for. <laughs> what I, <laughs> to what extent they were going to try to draw the comedic horror out to... <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember what the name of it was because it was um, it was kind of weird and uh, alliterative, at least in uh, in Hepburn. Um, oh God, what fucking was it? hell! I sent I sent a link of it to another friend of mine that like would have appreciated shit like that. Oh, Asobi Asobase. I probably mispronounced it. No, that's, um, that looks about right. Yeah, and uh, the cruel truth of uh, that show is that it came out on Netflix supposedly sometime in 2020. And I had no idea what it was. I, I don't think it recognize did. It. Yeah, because at that time we were just like, I mean, this was when the pandemic started. So our jobs left us with a shit ton of downtime at home. Mm-hmm. And we were going through scads of anime, usually to the point where we'd like see something that with a halfway interesting like thumbnail. We'd be like, all right, well, Toradora. <laughs> and, you know, you win some, you lose some, right? Toradora yeah. was a big win in its credit. But I never saw that show like not, not like not even once. Yeah, there was it, there was a couple like um, uh, oh, uh, what's in it? The, the show has like a really long ass title. It's like uh, no, degenerate doesn't dream of bunny girl senpai or something like that. <laughs> oh, that one just came out though. I've heard about that. Yeah, I, I watched that whole series and mm-hmm. the premise was, what the fuck are they doing? And then usually with some of these shows, I'll give them like two, three episodes top. And if I'm not interested, I, I turn it off. But uh-huh. I think like during the pandemic, it's like, well, let's just keep this going. Let's go with it. That's how I sat through all the B-Stars for some reason. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm still not clean after watching that shit. <laughs> well, wait, was it B-Stars or was it the one episode of uh, Interspecies Reviewers? Definitely B stars. It was definitely B stars. Okay, all right. Uh, which is a great story, by the way. If you don't know what the drama was behind that, go ahead and look it up. That's oh. uh, that's big time Funimation moves right there. Um, anyway, so yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd never seen uh, I'd never heard so much as heard of uh, of this show. And uh, according to what I was reading today, it was on Netflix last year. Um, that stuff I want to get in on like too sweet, and it's apparently on Crunchyroll. You confirm that, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've I've. Uh... I put it on my list of stuff to watch. Yeah. All right. So I have to remember that when I get my Crunchyroll account back so I can destroy my own ass <laughs> and have a good time doing it. I didn't watch the rest of the clip, by the way, because I want to have something to something to hold on to when uh, uh, when I can get uh, watching again. All right. Here's a crazy thing about Crunchyroll that I don't know if this is common for everybody else. I don't know if it's because I have like an ad blocker or something on my computer, mm-hmm. but I have Crunchyroll on my Roku and I have it on my PC. When right. I watch it, and I have a free account, not paying a uh-huh. dime. So when I watch it on the Roku, that obviously there's constant ads. Sometimes the ad repeats like four or five times in a row before I get back to the show. That's fine. Yeah. When I watch it on the PC, uh-huh. all the ads get skipped. I watch the whole thing. Uh, ad free mm-hmm. it's the weirdest thing and I don't want to watch all my TV on my computer but if, if I get it without ads like sure I'll sit here 
do that could without be, a problem. Could it be because browser advertising is more seamless? I think it has something to do with Crunchyroll's uh, flash player or whatever they use to, to play their videos. So flash I can't see it's not a now. flash player anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know what they call it. Is it something to do with their cookies or some kind of browser mm-hmm. thing? Because I tried to log in earlier today and it would not accept my sign in. I don't know what it was because I wanted to add that Asobi Asobase to my my uh, my queue list. No shit. Yeah. So it was just saying no. Yeah, it just went. I mean, I eventually got in. I just closed down the browser, reopened it. So it had something to do with the cookie base or the whatever that they use for tracking or whatever. Yeah, so base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Crunchyroll's got like Crunchyroll's got a, a little jank problem when it comes to a lot of their digital product. Yeah. Or their digital delivery, uh, as uh, I think it, I think I mean to say. Um, and a website's a website, so it's only as good as like. Uh, as like the nearly uh, uh, the nearly cumbersome amount of uh, browser fragmentation will allow it to be, mm-hmm. but when you're working with Roku, you're pretty much working with Roku's OS. Um, so I believe. Well, see, here's the thing: they have to they have to create streaming apps for uh, a number of platforms, which is right. probably probably more numerous in the amount of browsers that are being used. Uh, nowadays at least yeah because i would think with like internet tv like roku uh-huh. and apple or and, and amazon whatever and then there's right. tablets and then there's cell phone and yeah. then pc I mean, viewers are so down that list like we're not even worried about them let them have let them watch ad free yeah well yeah yeah i guess i suppose so but like inadvertently pc users or browser watchers end up getting like the better product <laughs> yeah so that's kind of whack um Right, and uh, by the way, uh, I I try not to be too insulted uh, at the repeated uh, insurance commercials that these uh, streaming services show me, because I'm not a bad driver. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know who fucking told them, but I haven't had an accident since like 2002. I've seen that so, same fucking gecko like 15 times already. I know, it's either the gecko or the or flow, or gecko flow I don't, <laughs> maybe or the there's a fusion who i don't need <laughs> yeah that's that's an amalgamation that can stay on the t- on the on the drawing table or the fucking emu is uh the other guy and it's like i i've already got insurance a b oh, stop <laughs> <laughs> this kind of hurts me a little bit i'm i'm losing confidence in myself as like a daily driver this sucks leave me alone i do um, want to I, I do want to scale it back a little bit go back to star wars visions Right, Did right. you notice there was one episode that looks like it's taking like all of its artistic cues from Akira Kurosawa? Oh, the one with the heavy, uh, the one with the heavy power shading on it. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. Well, uh, obviously uh, it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I but it, it looks like they took a, an Akira Kurosawa um, movie and then just mm-hmm. replaced the samurai swords with sabers. Well, what was okay? Well, I, I think you by this point might be more of uh, might be more well in tune the Star Wars uh, um, origins than I am. But uh, was George Lucas not inspired, at least in part, by uh, Kurosawa and early samurai movies in creating the imagery for Star Wars? He, oh, one hundred percent, he was, and most of the uh, following directors on series such as like The Mandalorian and whatever, because they are literally shot for shot matches Mm -hmm. in some episodes of the Mandalorian that match exactly from some Kirazov movie. I can't name at the moment. 
I would I would go ahead and guess Yojimbo since that's since a lot of westerns took uh, took after that yeah. one as well. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um but, you know, everything with the laser swords and the fact that the uh, Jedi, well the master Jedi's were those huge um uh feudal uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ronin style outfits, you know, robes. Right. Um that uh, I think one of those anime, uh, one of the one of the directors on those projects is kind of like uh, being super on the nose about it, and suggesting to people that you know, without this one guy, there wouldn't be so much of this fucking space wizard soap opera that you're looking <laughs> at right now. Maybe you want to go check out his early movies. Yeah, they're like four <laughs> hours long, but you fucks just watched an entire. <laughs> you'll burn an entire uh, like an entire TV season of helmet head and the kid in like a single sitting i think you can stomach a three and a half uh, samurai epic now what say you go do some homework that's pretty cool um that was the one also uh with the guy that had like the umbrella spinny um mm-hmm. yep with a spinny lightsaber in it too i remember somebody trying to like throw some shade at that earlier and i'm not i'm not like you know the the biggest star wars uh, fanboy at the moment but even i knew that that was based on a very real uh a very real sort of defensive uh, bladed um piece of equipment from back oh, in the day. Now, really? that was... that was Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shit, you didn't know that. I, uh, uh, look it up. Or, well, somebody would have to have like, posted a uh, uh, kind of a deep dive uh, into the origins of that design by now. I'm pretty sure. Just Twitter and avoid all the poop if you can. Go find <laughs> it. Um, uh, but yeah, but that was like from back in the day when um, uh, people were like just going mad about weapons. Like some dude coming up with a revolver that's got like two barrels and it's on an axle and then the barrels like switch sides so that you could i guess oh, load yeah, yeah. one of them while the other one's shooting or <laughs> firing off <laughs> and hopefully crazy. the right one fires yeah pepper box pistols that crazy shit of course somebody's going to take a bunch of samurai blades stick them on an umbrella and be like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm tearing this battlefield up today um but I thought it was really cool. It's like a callback to those sorts of uh, those old feudal modes, you know. The imagery, the imagery sticks, and you know, Star Wars wouldn't uh, couldn't be a, like a more uh, notable example of that. So right. that was pretty cool. That's one of the ones that I'm interested in, uh, aside from the trigger ones. Which, by the way, I don't think you had to watch the trailer too closely to pick those out. No, they they kind of stuck out. Yeah, it's like okay, well, here's a lady with orange hair, and this guy's got teal and yellow. <laughs> That uh, must be Trigger. What I didn't know about... Um, <laughs> they, can't, they can't be accused of going to their normal trope where the bad guy were aliens the whole time. Yeah, because they're all aliens. Yeah, they're all <laughs> aliens to begin with. That's right. Um, what uh, what some people didn't know about uh, Hiroyuki uh, Imai, uh, you know, the um, the animator that founded the studio, was that he's... Imiyashi? Like, I'm sorry, Imiyashi. Oh, God damn it. Um... I was thinking of somebody else that he worked with on Dead Leaves. I, I only know uh, that because he's actually directing one of the, the episodes. Oh, yeah, he is. Because he will actually do like sketches of, of uh, X-Wings and stuff and post them to his social medias every once in a while. Oh, cool. The guy's a fan. So expect like some pretty uh, pretty turgid product uh, to come at him. <laughs> if Disney uh, lets him. <laughs> well, if Disney lets him. T- well, it's not like he's going to be doing Leia in the bronze bikini for the entire <laughs> He, he probably got all of that out of his system with Kill a Kill, a Kill anyway. So Actually, since whatever. this drops next month, uh, every uh, episode's probably done with production 100% by now. Oh, well, it's anime. It ought to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we shoot tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to South Park this bitch. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Imagine being in that sort of a workflow. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, so who is okay? If uh, if uh, Imeishi is directing one of the episodes, uh, who is uh, spearheading the other one? Uh, Atsaka. I I'm not familiar. Mashiko, Mashiko Atsaka. I'm probably butchering the name, but that's the best I can do as a southern white guy. Stick with that. Uh, Mishiko Ushida. Uh, can Brad be dating Colty? She is pregnant. I'm probably not what? on the right track here. <laughs> <laughs> what site did you go to? <laughs> Mas- okay, Masiko Utsuka. All right, there we go. Oh, Little Witch Academia. Awesome. And FLCO. Did he work on FLCO? That's pretty... And then I'll do this afterwards. Sorry. Oh, wow. That's uh, some cross-promotion. Because, like, one of these studios also did little... Oh, wait, no. Studio Trigger did <laughs> Little well, Academia. Uh, it, well, Studio Trigger did Little Witch Academia. And I do believe that he was... This particular director was in uh, Imeishi's kind of, um, you know, stable of fools that worked at Gainax at the time. Right. Uh, before uh, 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 Gurren Lagan became a thing. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's two from Trigger, and uh, who else do we have? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh boy, production Come AG up. figured that out. Yep, they're they're only doing the the final episode. That's uh, Kenji Kamayama. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The very first episode is uh, Kamikaze Doga, mm-hmm. and as far as I, the only thing I know that they've done was the introduction none of the episodes just the introduction to uh jojo's bizarre adventure huh all right um well you know it's kind of like what's a little bit disappointing about this is that because it is star wars you know you're not going to get a like a slice of life riff on the day-to-day of uh like the droids or whatever actually there is a droid episode well there may be a droid episode but it's not going to be in the same flavor as like kyoto you know oh, what I mean? oh, yeah. oh 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 yeah, no, it's probably like this droid has the ability to tap into the force or some bullshit uh-huh. like that. Yeah, it's not going to be God, like I hope a, it's not that Qui-Gon Jinn's unappreciated garbage can uh, butler <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's a Gronk droid. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. You know what? That would have been the thing. Is the Gronk droid the box with the lo- with the rubber legs? It is. And do you know what their primary function was? To be garbage. Uh, No. No? Battery supply. They would go around to recharge other droids. The Empire doesn't have very strong inventors. That's piss poor for Well, they predated the Empire, but yeah. Oh, they did predate the Empire? Yes. Oh, fuck it. All right, well, we've got the Ford Edsel. Like, there's not a whole (laughs) lot for me to say about that, I guess. Um, Before before you can run, before you can fly even, you got to walk. On two stubby little Before rubber hose hyperspace. Yeah. <laughs> See, that would have been cool. It would have been cool to have like a day in the life of like one of those little asshole droids, just kind of like shuffling to and fro, trying not to trip over the ho- over the wires and the hoses and stuff, and uh, just having to make do with being your oh. own insignificant little self in the midst of all these grandiose sword fights it, and you know what? Uh, uh, aside from like some random episode of Clone Wars, I think uh-huh. there was something like that. But I think oh, it was really? probably like C three PO and R two probably. But it, it, I just instantly thought of an episode from season one of Love, Death, and Robots, oh, where no, it's uh, a trio of robots walking around and uh-huh. doing exactly what you described. Just like, hey, what's this all about? Yeah, 
That sucks that it's like relegated to high concept, uh, unlicensed stuff though. No, no, no. There's two ways to look at that. Because some people would be like, "Well, this isn't like Star Wars at all. What are you doing?" Yeah. And they'd and they'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, I want to see uh, I want to see my little Gronk droid get a get a little bit of recognition there. Uh, maybe he falls in love with a dragon maid. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> But the dragon maid doesn't love him back because she is uh, has impl- been implied very strongly to be lesbian. Well, yeah, she just got the hots for uh, Hayabushi or whatever her name is. Kobayashi, who, Kobayashi. interestingly enough, I found this out. She actually isn't gay. I thought that was their deal. So not, did not, I. Yeah, not that they, uh, not that like there was. There I mean, was I know she like, has like a maid fascination. Yeah, because of her, fa- because of her, uh, because of her otaku obsessions, right? But that friction comes from. The friction comes from uh, what's the dragon maid's name? I forgot. Because uh, it's, it's not the title. Turo, thank you. The friction comes from Turo thinking that that's what the situation is, and the situation is not that. Even though visually, uh, our, our lead character uh, in in an office environment wears a tie and a button-up shirt, and talks at length when she gets drunk about what else? Fucking maid cafes. Uh, um, slice of life harem animes and stuff like that and then it was like explicitly stated in the second season that she's not gay and it's like you know nobody was complaining really it added a layer of complexity to the show okay I mean that's interesting but and nobody over here was complaining <laughs> except for maybe Toru but we haven't seen that happen yet um, it was in the scene where the new dragon makes her first appearance and you know uh, you, you didn't you have need... to assume huh The new? did you say new or nude new dragon although oh, from this year from from the second season yeah okay yeah so i'm not gonna like i i, I had that part i had the part of it spoiled for me a little bit and i don't want to you know oh. uh, flatten that I, out. i think i'm just because that's one of those series on crunchyroll where they uh it's uploading on a weekly basis and i think i'm one behind what they currently have up uh okay so it's being simulcast very well, which means that as soon as I get my television back, uh, I'll be able to watch the whole thing. Hey, you watch on your computer ad free, too. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. <laughs> right enough. All right. Um, so that's Star Wars Visions. Yeah, I think we've gone over an hour now. I think that should be it. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> once again, Loki, uh, thank you. We'll get to you another time. You're going to be our Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Loki's not our Matt Damon yet. Um, our uh, our video game Wall of Shame is our Matt Damon by this point. Oh, our our video game confessions. Sims. Our gaming confessions. That's yeah, what I, I want to do that before episode one hundred. I really do. We we should just do it for episode one hundred. That's not a bad idea. We could have other people chime in. Remember, it was going to be uh, it was going to be like interaction from um, from some of our friend shows as well. Yeah, and I have uh, uh, I still have some of their sins written down so I could still quote them on it. Yeah, yeah. you wonder if like three years later, four years, five years, five years later, they're still hanging on to them. Yeah, because I've been... Oh, God, yeah, I had this concept going a while ago now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. We'll oh. get to it. One Maybe day. we'll make it a Patreon exclusive. Maybe one day. Oh, I'm watching the trailer again right now. I just got to look at the uh, Umbrella Saber. Oh, yeah. Oh, there is, there is going to be a slice of life one, it looks like. Maybe with like some Jedi magic mixed into it. Jedi magic. 
what? Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to go get some ice cream and then probably take a All shit. Right. And then... In uh, that order? Not in that order. I might play some more Smash Brothers. Dude, I've been like playing a lot of Smash recently. Who's your main? Uh, well, my main is Pac-Man right now because I'm trying to play through World of Light. Um, and some of the some parts of that uh, mode are like stupid hard because it does rely upon... Um, it relies rigidly upon uh, spirit synchronization, which is something I didn't think about. Uh, so it's been Pac-Man so far. And I assume that when I get the rest of these assholes unlocked and I have more free range, it's going to be Banjo-Kazooie because I like Banjo-Kazooie. And luckily for me, I actually like Banjo-Kazooie's moveset as well. I need to get really... that game. Uh, what, Smash? Uh, no, not uh, Banjo-Kazooie. I need, I need to get another copy of that. The, the original. Little... The one for the N64? Yes. Ah, uh, what consoles do you have right now? Um, almost everything except for the, the current gen. Current gen. Do you have... Uh, can you run Game Pass off of your PC? Oh, I don't have any Xbox stuff. You don't have any Xbox stuff? All right. No. Uh, well, from what I've been told, uh, X, a lot of Xbox stuff is compatible with PC, uh, with yes. the PC market. I have you heard probably this. Go get a uh, rare replay off of there, and it'll have both Banjo Kazooie games. I think it'll have Nuts and Bolts too, which is pretty interesting because I never got to play that one. Yeah, I'm not interested in Nuts and Bolts. Well, Nuts and Bolts aren't interested in you either. Uh, good. Yeah, they're too busy wow. holding fucking Space Mountain together, or at least making a... <laughs> No, that's not Nuts and Bolts. That's duct tape and tears and prayers. Yeah, duck... <laughs> that's MacGyver working overtime. <laughs> Look, guys, now an engineer or an imagineer. This is this is one of your most well-known attractions. Just give me a fucking budget, please. <laughs> I've seen uh, you work wonders with coconuts and duct tape, MacGyver. Here's some you, bottle caps and some paper clips. You get down there and keep people from dying on the meager resources that we've allotted you. Uh, that's what you get for being too good at your job. By the way, the most money-making company in the entire world right now. Is Disney? Uh, probably outside of Amazon, but yeah. God, how scary is that? Very. Especially yeah. when they pay their employees so little. Hey, let's close the episode before I get into trouble. Yeah, yeah show me. Of course. I mean, as <laughs> if the, uh, <laughs> as if the whole uh, blacklight thing isn't setting you up for that. Oh, my goodness. You, oh. you want to pimp that shit out, too? Because that's a hell of a project you're, you're trying to push there. Yeah, well, I'm, it's still it's an ongoing project. And uh -huh. the first episode of it did drop. Uh -huh. And I needed the concept. This is like a Cretans Guild podcast exclusive for you guys because I haven't really said, pushed out everything saying what this is. Basically, I'm going to go around to different oh. resorts in so, the Orlando area. So it's not tied to any particular brand yet. I thought it was going to be part of your um, uh, part of your theme park uh, uh, enterprise empire. I'm going to try and keep it as wide as possible. But basically, I'm going to go to all these different resorts with a black light and see uh -huh. just how clean these places are being serviced. Yeah, you're going to Chris Hansen the shit out of these places. <laughs> I've already I've got one in the can. I need to start editing it and mm -hmm. I've got another one booked and I want to try and do this at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to do like some of the most well-known local resorts that are affordable. Uh-huh. Now, say... I figure because the first episode just went up, it's not going to get a lot of traction until maybe the second or third episode. 
Right. And by then, maybe if my Patreon support can pick up, I can go to like even bigger and bigger places because uh-huh. I'm still I'm paying for everything out of my own pocket. And I don't want right. to. If this is something I can get some help with, that would be awesome. And I've yeah. got some early bird specials if anybody wants to jump in on that. Yeah. OK. All right. But I got to ask one question. You said like mostly affordable resorts, but. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a series worth having if you didn't do recognizable ones. So what I want to know is... That's the goal. Go for, like, big name, but Mm -hmm. also affordable. Yeah, but there's also... Remember, it's not just Disney and uh, the International Drive Corridor that comprises most of the tourism vortex that is Central Florida. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Kissimmee, and there's a lot of legends in Kissimmee, too. So... There's Wilson a couple I'm, kip- uh, I'm kicking around the idea of going to one in uh, Celebration, um, uh-huh. a couple on uh, like in downtown, maybe. But uh-huh. if it gets to the point where I need to go to a shithole because every place I've been going is clean as hell, I'll probably go somewhere near Old Town <laughs> or yeah. close to where they filmed the Florida Project. <laughs> Actually, Dude. I should go to the hotel where they filmed the Florida Project. I, I- you should not, a and not a. stay there though, uh-huh. <laughs> but just make a video and get the fuck. Out. Uh, I know where that place is. So do I. Yeah, you know why I know where that place is? Because none of the people that I worked with wanted to deliver pizza to it. Oh, <laughs> fucking tourists, man! They tip for shit. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. you should do that though, just because of its uh, its um, pop cultural significance now. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Because mm-hmm. that just dawned on me. Maybe maybe I'll do that if I feel gutsy enough, and I can book online or I don't know. Maybe if the place is even still standing, mm-hmm. it's probably one of those walk up and I, cash only type places. I'm not sure. No, it's because it is near Disney. It's got to be you know it's got to be on the up and up at least as much as it can be. We take but- PayPal. They do, yeah. Maybe a maybe a little bit of Bitcoin. Probably no Ethereum though, and no Doge because they're not that <clears throat> ironic. Um, we're running a business here, damn it! Uh, it's just man, they did it's, the people that stayed there didn't tip for didn't tip for shit. No. So that's the kind of business. I, that's the kind of place you're be, uh, checking out. Yeah, but should be pretty affordable. <laughs> well, if you want to check out this series, you can find it on my YouTube channel, which is Skipper Bob's Breakdowns. You can also check out our other co-host Jay, his Square Pegs YouTube channel. That's the one without Sarah Michelle Geller. Wait, what? Is that right? Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> well, it doesn't have her either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He's trying to get something together. I heard it's going to be a Patreon reward. I don't okay. know. I mean, uh, the milestone's pretty fucking stiff. But uh, <laughs> never <laughs> say never, right? See. Yeah. Wait. Yep. I mean, he's he's getting he's super close to a thousand subs right now. So, hey, yeah. go ahead subscribe to Square Pegs on YouTube. Uh, we also have a merch shop on tpublic.com that features the art of Tom Solo. Our high-cost lawyers, Boots and Beasley from Bums R Us, assure us that all the products are legally confirmed to keep you warm on those cold summer nights. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, what? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. No. We are part of the Podfix Network, and to all of our followers, new and old, we say, welcome to the guild. And all of your cold summer nights.
This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.